Okay, Burnham. You're in sick bay. What's the matter with her? I have no idea. Nothing shows up on any of her scans. It's not me, it's Sarah. He's in trouble. How'd you know that? I share part of his katra. His eternal life force. It's like a Vulcan soul. I've heard stories. I just assumed it was an ancient myth. How can you share soul with Sarah? You're not Vulcan. I was raised as one. After my parents were killed at a Vulcan outpost. Sarah and his human wife, Amanda, took you in. Your story's well documented. He believed I could serve as humanity's potential. How could he put that kind of pressure on a child? But not everyone agreed with him. A group of logic extremists. They didn't want humans in their culture. They tried to stop him by killing me. They bombed the learning center where I was educated. Vulcans tried to murder you. Renegade Vulcans, a small faction, and they didn't try. Welcome to STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast of the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with first, Trek story himself, Jonathan Shorts. John, how you doing, man? How's it going, guys? Going good on this end. Good, good, man. You all right, man? You sound like you're a little tired, bro. No, I'm not tired at all. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can get you amped for this review. <laughs> and next we have uh, the the tech historian, Carrie. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just been um been diving into some Linux stuff today. So yeah, my brain's a little fried, but I'm excited to talk about some Star Trek. Oh man, you server guys! I'm so envious the tools you get to play around with. <laughs> yeah, I love my job because I get to pretty much play around with Linux and Windows all day and get paid for it. <laughs> so it's great. Cool beans. Uh, any happenings going on that you guys have been? Uh, that's that's cool in your lives. Movies, something you're watching other than Star Trek that you want to talk about real quick. Um, I just want to say that. Uh, Forgot to mention this Lunatic Edition podcast, but the Black Panther trailer was awesome. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, that thing was fantastic. I'm not quite sure what's going on because I haven't really read the comics for Black Panther. But, man, it looks freaking amazing. Oh, my gosh. Michael B. Jordan is the villain. Like, what more can you more? What else could you want? <laughs> Eric Killmonger. Yeah. What a, what a name. What a name. <laughs> I still haven't seen that trailer yet. Oh, dude, it's awesome. You need to immediately go to YouTube and check it out. It will make you proud. I feel feel like I'm so far behind on things, man. I I don't know. I have to do some catching up here. Oh, man. Oh, man, just hit the YouTubes. Yeah, yeah, man. Two minutes of your time. Two minutes. (laughs) Two minutes. You know, I won't fault you too much because you've been deep into Star Trek, you know, a, a, as you do being the Trek story and all. But yeah, guys, uh what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek Discovery excessively and you know, we kind of talk all things Trek Trek as well. And we thank you for joining us for yet another review. And today we're going to be reviewing the Star Trek Discovery episode, episode 6 entitled Leth Leth Lethe Lethe Lethe. I have no idea how that's pronounced because it's not. It's pronounced. It's pronounced Lethe. <laughs> Lethe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Enlighten me, sir. Is that Greek? I'm kind of Wikipedia in it right now. Yeah, I think it is Greek. Uh, Lethe. 
Lethe, that just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, yeah, um, let's jump on to the episode. So if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you want to hear about the review. If not, uh, you have been pre-warned at this moment that if you hadn't seen episode six of Star Trek Discovery, there will be spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. So, guys, here we go. Let's jump into this review. Uh, we start off this episode again. You know, I just want to mention real quick that this episode or this series never ceases to amaze me at how beautiful it looks. Oh, my God. We get this sweeping view of uh, Vulcan and man, it just continues to look fantastic, man. And these guys, just the production design on this show. I just can't give them enough praise because this this show looks amazing. Uh, pretty much nowhere, anywhere you fall on the Star Trek spectrum, you know, <laughs> uh, hating this show or loving it, you, you, you kind of have to say that it looks freaking beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Them greenbacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, man, I, I, I'm the same way. It's every episode I see, I'm just amazed at how much detail they put into every single shot, every single, prop i mean it's i mean it's all amazing and it just surprised me that they did it it's such i mean do we know how long it took them to just to write this and all i don't know but man it just seems like the cg work along seems like it could take a year to do because like you said it's, it's, it's very detailed very very detailed you know it seems like i didn't i want to say they only worked on it like a couple of years maybe a year yeah and but, actually yeah, I mean, it seems like they, uh, I think last week, maybe they just finished wrapping shooting the first season. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure those are episodes are going to get post Christmas, but still, yeah, they, they had just finished working on the show. So, um, obviously you're paying a lot of money to get a lot of great, you know, computer artists in there to make this show look fantastic. Um, just always amazed. <laughs> So how many um how many episodes are we gonna be in this like half season? The nine. Nine? Yeah. So at eight million dollars an episode, that is seventy two million dollars. That wow. is bigger than the budget of the one <laughs> let's see, the first one, two. It's bigger than all of the like not combined, but it's bigger budget than all of the Star Treks before oh. well, actually before the new ones really. Because oh, insurrection yeah. Insurrection had a seventy million dollar budget, and yeah, it's, wow, yeah, well, this, I, that's seventy two million. <laughs> that is freaking bananas, dude. Yeah, the newer ones, Star Trek one was one forty, Darkness was one ninety, and Beyond was one eighty five. I still haven't seen Beyond, but yeah, that's crazy. Just to give you some perspective on the production value, <laughs> and to get more exact on numbers, I did some research after we. A comment from one of our fans on Facebook: Netflix actually p- is paying six point three million per episode. Oh yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's not the full production budget per episode, but I mean, it's well worth it. Yeah, I can imagine how worse this show would look with a one and a half million dollar budget per episode. It's. It, right. I almost feel weird even saying that and snickering. One one point <laughs> five million dollars an episode, but yeah. <laughs> It would not look nearly as nice. No, not at all. 
Yeah. And just to kind of comment um, on, you know, some of the things we've been hearing from, we had a pretty lively Facebook thread going there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a couple with, of different ones, actually. Yeah. With some of the, the people that are voicing their concerns about, you know, it seems like the thing I hear a lot is people say, oh, I saw the first episode and and then I saw the paywall and I was done after that. I hate the show. And you know, that kind of irks me. And I do blame CBS in large part for it. I think they should have still released those first two episodes together and free because the cliffhanger was just almost unimaginable to leave people yeah. there uh, and the rest of it be behind a paywall. So I, I see people's concerns. But by the same token, I kind of get mad when I hear what people say, oh, the series is horrible or more like Star Trek disappointment or whatever. Uh, but Well, I, I have to kind of like interject here because you're right i was one of those people i didn't pay for star like cbs whatever it was access and i watched the first episode and i was like oh my god i need to see the second one and i was about to buy it but there was actually a free trial so there was a week free trial um so you could actually watch both episodes for free yeah that's kind of where i was going to go with that too they uh, they started off probably back in August, I want to say, offering a month free trial. And closer we got to the premiere of Discovery, they changed it to a week. But like Harry said, it still would have been, I mean, you could have gotten both episodes for free then. Yeah. So really all that to say, no excuses, guys. You know, uh, at least give it a fair shake. And, you know, at that point, you still don't like it. You know, uh, you know, we take that with an educated answer rather than, you know, just the blanket statement, you know, I I haven't seen it. So I hate it. Um, yeah. I've yet to see a detractor say that they've watched the first two episodes. Most of them are like, I couldn't make it through the first episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> so, guys, um, just to get back into the review, uh, again, we get this first shot of Vulcan and we see that Sarek is on a mission. Some mission that he doesn't want to disclose to the guy that's going with him. And, and yeah, seems like is of utmost importance. Um, what do we think about this intro and any clue about this mission he might be going on? Again, we have another shuttle that has another disaster. <laughs> Man, what is about these freaking shuttles, dude? Uh, no, no shuttle. Is it a ship? It might be a ship. Is it a ship? It's no, a, that yeah, been a yeah, a yeah. It looked huge when they took off, but yeah, it was pretty much a shuttle. You're right. But oh my god, yeah, it never turns uh, out good. I don't know. <laughs> see, now I have a problem here on on this on this bit. Uh, when the guy when he found out the guy was the what they call the logic extremist, like when he seen his body like luminescing. <laughs> At what point do you not think that's bad? I mean, he just kind of stood there and right until he like blew up and then all of a sudden tries to transport him out. I mean, I, I would have done that starting out. It's like when the villain has the the protagonist right where he wants him. And instead of like killing him, he sits there and makes a speech. Right. Yeah. See, I, I read that totally different. I read that he was trying to throw up a force field around him and he semi got the force field up before he blew up. That was that not how you guys saw it? <laughs> I thought he was trying to transport him off the ship. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh-huh. Wow, I read that totally differently. But I mean, as a Vulcan, I mean, logic dictates <laughs> <laughs> that something's bad. Something bad is getting ready to happen. 
and you should prevent it. I mean, but yeah. then well, Sarah I mean, is one of the most <clears throat> illogical Vulcans, I guess. Yeah, like, like that's my like. I guess this is one of my problems with Star Trek in general that the whole living strictly biologic thing it just doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't see how they were able to survive this long just living off logic, just simply because of the fact that sometimes, you know, it could be more logical for you to kill yourself. And, you know, like, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. But logic dictates you to preserve life. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I think when everybody around you is living by the same mantra, uh, I think that could maybe work. Even when we have crazy people living together, somehow they can live in harmony because they're all crazy. So, uh, go ahead. I mean, like, I I guess this is what I'm saying. So, like, this extremist guy is a terrorist, right? So, like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the the purpose of a terrorist is to instill fear and, you know, fear into the society in, like, in, in a society full of logic. Like, how does that even work? Like... Wouldn't everybody be like, oh, yeah. he's a terrorist and his intentions were to make us afraid, but we're beings of logic. Like, it, it just yeah. didn't make any sense to me. But by the same token, the whole um, mission of the logic extremists is that they are, don't want the humans to be a part of their culture. You know, it's so funny. It's like. But it, but isn't that an emotional like, isn't that emotional, though? Like, wouldn't logic di- dictate that you learn, you know, as much yeah, about yeah. the people that you're interacting yeah. with as you can. Like it, like I, like that's that's what hangs me up with this whole thing. Yeah. Well, well if your logic, if your logic tells <laughs> you that the relationship with lesser beings is actually hurting yeah. your culture, yep. then logic would dictate that you should eliminate that threat. Yeah, that, that's, that's Burnham, a good point. Burnham proved that. We aren't lesser beings. Like she had higher test scores than like most of the like Vulcan people. Like, the, see, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, to make a very, uh, I don't know if I should make that analogy. Uh, like when people come to America, we often get, especially from Asian companies, we c- countries, we often get the best of the best. You know, so I don't know how they can make that. That oh, calculus. so they weren't worried about Michael. They were worried about Jim Bob Cooter coming and <laughs> making the Vulcans all idiots. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I guess I can see that. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So, question for for you guys: Have we ever heard anything uh, about these logic extremists in any of the other track canon? No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, that, this is my first time hearing of them. I was just trying to ping you guys to see if you had heard anything so far. Uh, in Enterprise, maybe, of these guys. There was, I know Tuvok mentioned about some kind of, and this may not be the same thing, he mentioned about some kind of civil war or battle or something in on Vulcan, and he never went into detail about it. I don't know if that would be the same thing or not. Huh. Yeah, I would have to, you know, it seems like there's something I should research a little bit, because it seems like, uh, you know, it may be something completely new, but I see that they do a lot of, touchstones in in discovery to connect things which i really love and and just like what i find about this episode that's so cool is that and uh i really love this episode guys let me say that uh, i did but, too yeah i, yeah. I like it too it's just like yeah okay i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> but, no no I, I was gonna say like things i found so cool in this episode <clears throat> is that it actually 
tied up a lot of loose. I'm not going to say tied loose ends. It made things make a lot more sense that we saw earlier in the series. It kind of flushed a few things out. You, you know, you know, you can look at it in a slightly different light. Be like, oh, that's why. That's why uh, Burnham was like this when she f- first met Giorgio. You know, it just a lot of things in this episode really started to um, pull the strings together and 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 really make a lot of sense. So, bef- since we uh, kind of got to the point where you know um, Sarek is in this explosion in his ship, let's go ahead and jump back to the discovery <clears throat> where we see Burnham. Uh, fully embracing the role of mentor, which I was shocked to see because I didn't. I seems like from the last episode, you didn't really see as much of a, um, as much of a uh, what's the word? She wasn't really on board with this whole. She wasn't denying it, uh, blanketly, but you didn't really see that she was really on board with being like Tully's mentor. Tilly's mentor, you know. Uh, but yeah, it looks like she's fully embracing it. Um, <laughs> one of the things I found really cool is, uh, I guess Tilly said, uh, what I lack in athletic ability, uh, I'm more than make up for in, uh, intelligence and personality. And I was like, isn't that just a nerd mantra? Period. <laughs> <laughs> it is. She's got a good personality, <laughs> but I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, on a side note, did you guys see the post where you can actually order those disco t-shirts? Oh, I want one so bad. I want one so but they're like 29 bucks. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make my own on Cafe Press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send me that link when you make it, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. You might watch out for CBS and their uh, rules there. Hey, there they is no trademark have, on how disco. Are they, how are they going to copyright disco? Like, <laughs> I'm Take me to court for that, please. <laughs> now, feel more than welcome to make an STD shirt. Just feel and walk around that with pride. <laughs> you know, I be, sit around. Be sure to catch like, STD. <laughs> I had an idea to make like STD t-shirts, and then I started thinking about it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that would work out well. Hey, man, you have to own it, man. You have to freaking own it. Yeah. I talk about STD every week. <laughs> <laughs> STD is my favorite thing. Okay, here we go, guys. <laughs> uh, so we get the Burnham uh, mentorship thing where they're running and, and down the corridors. And then, uh, you know, I I really love the scene where Burnham is like, um, she's basically countering everything that Tilly tries to order at the replicators. I thought that was really funny because, because again, looks like she's fully embraced this whole mentor thing and she's trying to steer Tilly down this path. Um, really, really love that. What are you guys, what are you, what are your thoughts on Ash, Tyler? <clears throat> well, ho- hold on before we go there. We just have to mention, uh, uh, that, uh, Burnham actually mentions the word enterprise doing that run. Indeed, she does. Did I miss so, that? Talking yeah. about the great captains. Yes. And I guess at this point, Pike would be the captain of Enterprise. He or would even it be, or would it be even Archer. Met, yeah, the, she even calls Archer out by name. So, wow, I missed that Easter egg totally. And I've watched the episode like three times. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was weird. And and someone else pointed out that, and I, which I shared to Slack, I think, uh, that 
Inter- uh, not Enterprise. Discovery was actually mentioned in the original series. Yes, yes. One of our Twitter followers like posted that, and I was like, "Oh man, that is freaking awesome!" Then I reposted it to Facebook. But yeah, man, the fans are awesome to even find that. Right. Yeah. Reverse Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> For real. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the whole uh, just getting back to the part where Ash is uh, where where Burnham meets um. Mr. Tyler, I believe. Uh, do you think they get, they're going kind of in the love interest area with these two? I kind of felt that, but at the same time, I kind of got a feeling they're going to kill him off too. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be around for a while because they 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 went through a lot of trouble to like introduce yeah. his character. So I don't see them just, especially with the way they just kind of like killed the last security person off with like without a second thought. Like I really feel like. He's the guy, yeah. and, you know, he's going to be around for a while. New chief of security, which, you know, Lorca is doing some promoting in this episode, I see. And he is. <laughs> that ain't all he's doing. <laughs> oh, boy. Bop, 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 wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, and before we move on, let's let's just go back just a little bit, because that, that training sequence, you know, these guys have made no qualms about breaking cannon. <sighs> How do we feel about this holodeck-esque scene? I mean, it's just not possible at this point in Star Trek. Yeah, I was really confused by that, and I'm not even a Star Trek per- like like purist. I was like, what? It is holo- what? Like, I just didn't get it. Well, hold on. I I think it was okay. I mean, they didn't make it. They didn't make it like super sophisticated. But it's like a step above the holodeck technology you see in <laughs> Enterprise when Trip was with Alien. Yeah, but was that holodeck technology? I don't. That's what they called it uh, when they tried to give it away to the Klingons. I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the fact that we don't really see that on TOS. It, True. Yeah. True. But then apparently everybody has hologram technology, so what the hey? Make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, can we expect them to keep everything in canon? I don't know. I mean, no, but this is kind of like a huge break. But, you know, I mean, all that being said, I loved how it looked. You know, I'm not going to be the one be like, uh, you're destroying my (laughs) Star Trek. But (laughs) but I just have to point out that, you know, it felt a little weird in, 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 in the show. Yeah, it, like the thing that threw me off about it was I was like, well, did I accidentally skip back to the last episode? Because I'm like, aren't they off of the aren't they off of that ship? And yeah. yeah. And then when I found out it was a training sequence, I didn't really think about it a whole lot. I was like, oh, they're training. But yeah, it did seem kind of out of place. Yeah. And and again, to try to put my finger on this Ash Tyler character, I promise you guys I'm going to stop talking about him. But <laughs> um he kind of lies, I guess. One was a kind of not really a lie, but a misstatement. And the other one was just a straight up lie to Lorca. And, and Lorca embraces it. Um, which just kind of weirds me out. I guess the first one, I, he said he was from well, Seattle. One of them was brown nosing. So it's like, mm. yeah, I mean, and one of them was maybe, maybe been an honest mistake. You know, I might down from, say I'm from Brookhaven, but I'm real from Suntag. So I kind of get that one. But the second one, brown nosing or not, it was pretty. Uh, I I didn't like that, man. I mean, he, you mean, I mean, just it's like when you go like 
when people go play golf with Obama, they're going to let him win. <laughs> you know, they're not going to beat him. It's to me that it just felt like that to me. He didn't want to like beat his boss or make him, you know, realize that he beat him. Yeah. If we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, we are. We are. We totally okay. are. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a quote in, uh, I don't know if it's Sun Tzu's Art of War or the 48 Laws of Power, but it says, do not outshine the master. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where's and I, I think that's kind of where it was going. Hmm, good point. All good points. And then we. And I mean, they're kind of like victimless lies. It's not like they were like it was anything of great significance. At least I don't feel like it was, but just felt weird to me. I guess that's the whole point I was trying to make. And of, <laughs> and of course, Lorca is like, uh, what did he say? Um, don't apologize for excellence or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's so similar. Good old Lorca. And speaking of Lorca, <laughs> oh man, he, he, his character takes a journey in this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he goes from super <laughs> ultra confident Lorca to, you know, uh, worried about this Admiral Karen, um, breathing down his neck Lorca to player Lorca, I guess. Lorca is a player to uh, outright whining about don't take my ship <laughs> to to ultimately what I feel is just a huge backstab, man. Yeah, he said that woman up. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. He was like, so, so she could, was her name Laura? He like uh, I think it was, wasn't it Karen? Go. I thought it was Karen. Karen, Karen, yeah, Admiral Cornwall. Like he, he um volunteered her to go to this thing, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> she's gonna get gutted. Oh, At least that's what I was man. thinking. Oh man, that was so bad. That was so <laughs> treacherous, man. I'm like, I was just starting to <laughs> like you, man, and then you do something like this, just send old Admiral <laughs> off to be killed or captured. Yeah. But to me, like the whole takeaway from this that kind of makes him seem still seem like a bad a um is that like when it happens when she calls him out, you know, when he pulls the phaser out on her. And she's like, and he and he just breaks down and admits that, you know, he needs help and all this other stuff. And she looks at him and she's like, I wish I could tell if you were being serious or not. Like that made so me think good, that, man. like he was totally faking it. Like he wasn't even serious. No, he, was just, he, wasn't. he was just telling her what she wanted to hear. So like he actually didn't break down. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of felt her same sentiments. I really didn't know if he was telling the truth or not. But, you know, it would be very out of character for him to see him, you know, act that way. But, yeah, but, but man, just, oh, I love this episode, man. It's so many good, so much good stuff in it, man. And then, you know, to further your point about maybe, you know, he just said it to get out of this certain situation. You know, he like puts the moves on her to try to get get rid of her as well. You know, get her off the subject of drilling him about his mental capacity and all this. He, you know, put he her to sleep. Put the moves on her, man. Like, look at old Walker the player, man. It's this dude. Well, is... who are we? Who are we kidding? We know that's what she came for. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know I that? Mean, otherwise, she would have hologrammed in. I, mean... <laughs> I came to see my friend. <laughs> I guess you did. Oh yeah, boy. boy. Yeah, she she had she had um plans. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. So let's let's go ahead and jump to um 
you know, the part I just really, really adored in this episode. And they just had so many tie-ins to not only this series, but, you know, TOS as well. Um, this, this moment where Burnham, you know, she goes down because she has this, what they call it, Katra or soul melding yeah. with, uh, with Sarek. And, um, we start these dreams off or not really dreams, but flat interactive flashbacks, question mark. Um, <laughs> Sounds good as any. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, Burnham, of course, is able to, uh, like I say, interact and communicate with, um, Sarek in these flashbacks. And we get so much detail about, you know, the type of character that, that Burnham is. And, you know, the hardships or the hard decisions that Sarek has made, um, <laughs> regarding her. Uh, what did you guys think, think of these scenes? Oh my god, dude! I got a to- I totally got a Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy two vibe from this. <laughs> really, I haven't seen that, so spoilers. Me oh, you haven't. <laughs> oh wow! No, no, go ahead. I don't. I don't care. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. I mean, well, let's I mean, it. it's a thing where like, um, so you have Yondu who raises like uh Peter Quill or whatever. He's yeah. the one that like raises him up, but like in the movie. Well, yeah, I'm gonna give it away. Basically, well, I knew his dad was supposed whole, to be in the movie. Yeah, it's the whole like. What Yandu says to him at the end of the movie is like he he might be your father, but he ain't your daddy. You know, basically <laughs> so basically saying that like I'm your dad because I'm the one who raised you and taught you everything you know. Yeah, and I I just I feel that same way about you know Sarek and Michael. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, they have this this moment of where we see. I guess she's graduated from some other school and she's trying to get into the Vulcan Expeditionary Group. Um, so I want to ask Jonathan, do they mention that group in Enterprise? I think that I want to say they do, but I can't. They quite. do. Cool, cool, cool. That's they awesome. Do. Matter of fact, I think T'Pol was part of that group before she. I could be wrong. It may have been the other the other guy when they Vulcan ship came to rescue him. Yeah. Well, so now I was gonna say that kind of sounds like I guess the the Vulcan version of Starfleet before they actually formed Starfleet. So like their space uh group, I guess. Right. Makes sense. I'd have to go back and look through Google list well, watch the Enterprise episodes, but I mean that would make sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, was, I was surprised at all the Spock talk. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, so good, man. It was so good. So one thing I want to point out that I didn't know, I think we that was kind of misleading in the earlier episodes. I always thought when we see Sarek actually melding and, you know, getting this Katra mailing thing with Burnham as a, I guess, like 11 or 12 year old somewhere in there. And it's the explosion at these, I guess, science laboratory, something training academy or whatever they called it. I always thought that was the same moment her parents got killed. <laughs> and I thought that was what the Klingons did. But in this episode, we find out that that's actually due to these yeah. um, Vulcan extremists, uh, logic extremists, whatever they call them. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that shed some good light on that piece. Cause we, cause it lets us know that Burnham's parents were killed much earlier and Burnham has actually been with Sarek now for a really long time. At least that's what I gather from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it confused me a little bit first cause they kind of glanced over it. They didn't really spend a whole lot of time on it, but you know, once I started thinking about it, it was like, yeah, maybe they were, they're talking about two different things. Cause didn't the Klingons kill her parents? Yes, 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 yeah. they did. 
they attacked, I guess, the, the Vulcan outpost or something and, and killed her parents. But I always thought those were the same events. Uh, that's what I was yeah, me led too. to believe. Yeah. So what do we think about the uh, the fight scenes between Sarek and Michael? Um, they weren't bad. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things where they kept touching each other on like the shoulder, and I'm like, one of them's <laughs> gonna pass out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I kept waiting on, of like a neck pinch, and it just never <laughs> happened. Somebody's gonna do it. Yeah, those. It's one of those scenes you see in movies where I guess it happens a lot, where two people are fighting, but they don't really want to be fighting. I guess the most recent example I've seen is, um, I think Defenders. I think Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all of them are fighting each other. And it's like they don't really go for the the, the juggler or the kill. <laughs> it's kind of like we're fighting, but I don't want to hurt you. And, you know, right. we got to we got to talk this thing out. And, yeah, I thought it was really good. You know, cool. To yeah, see well, so, yeah, the thing for me that was kind of weird was to see Sarek showing so much emotion, at least for Vulcan. Like, I was really surprised how emotional he got in this episode. Well, that was more in his mind, I think, more than he. But isn't I mean, he his mind? Well, no. Good the Vul- Vulcans will tell you that they're the most emotional creatures in existence, but they've learned how to control it. They trap it all in their mind. Oh, okay. So well, you just learned something there. Yeah. So it's an episode on Voyager where Tuvok like lost control, and which I think was the best Tuvok episode ever. Oh yeah, it was great. Was that the one where he was crying? He, he cried. He was mad. Yeah, he threatened I've... people. He made jokes. He was no, like, false. No, that's not the opera episode, is it? The one where the doctor's doing the opera and he's just like bawling. No. Yeah, no. that's the one I'm thinking about. This is the one uh, they had to lock him in the force field in Sick Bay, and like he like forced his hand through the force field or something <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Good old <laughs> Tim Russ. But it, Love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> So what you're saying is Vulcans are basically psychopaths and they're somewhere in the, like the distance past. There was a, like a Vulcan Buddha who taught them how to basically become yeah. at peace with their craziness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like Neanderthals like, without their logic. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like super crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can, I, can I back up and ask a question? This kind of has nothing to do with this part. But I just want to ask a question because it bothered me. The most thing bothered me out of this show. They did they or did they not use the spore drive to get to this nebula? Uh, I think they did. Oh, wow, I was going to say no. I was going to say no, man. Because the scientist dude's like, it's not bad once you get used to the the holes or something. Oh. Like he said something about the spore drive in the episode, and he's like, "It's not so bad once you get used to like the oh. puncture wounds or something." Like he says something like that. So yeah. I, I just assume that they're still using him for the spore drive because it looked like the bridge was blacked out, like the black alert. But if that is so, I want it to be more in detail. Like he just jumped in this thing one time and almost died, I guess. And then he does it again out of the blue and we don't even talk about it. Yeah, that what makes me think they did not use it is because every other time they've used it, they made such a big freaking deal out of it. I mean, if they if they use it this time without showing the spore drive button, I would be highly upset. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what's bothering me, because I mean, they dropped out like, you know, like a downward drop. The ship like dropped into the nebula. But I I think there's just kind of how it looks when it comes out of warp. 
if you oh. notice, like, uh, if you look at, especially the first episode when the Klingon ships are coming in and dropping out of warp, it's all, it's just like a sudden stop in a semi shake, you know? So I, I just thought they dropped out of warp, but I could definitely be wrong. You know what? I'm going to go with theory explanation so I won't be as upset about it. <laughs> oh, so Carrie, you yeah. met, you meant the Stamets, uh, crazy Stamets. How, how, how do we like crazy Stamets? <laughs> it, he's, he's a little free and weird. It, I feel like he, like, he did the equivalent of like, of like dropping acid or something. <laughs> and like his mind is just like in a whole nother place now. And like that. <sighs> His mind is just like completely free, and he's a little loony because of it. <laughs> yeah, or either he switched places with the other guy in the mirror. Now, oh, oh yeah, wow, about that. yeah, dropping <laughs> freaking bombs, John. Wow, uh, now that would be a cool premise if they keep switching back and forth. But I'd never thought about that to you. Wow, crazy Stamets. <laughs> Very crazy Stamets. I kind of like that one. Other like the, I like him a lot better than constipated Stamets. <laughs> like the, the other dude was just like a like pissies <laughs> all the time. Oh man, I don't blame him having to deal with Lorca. Man, that dude is a handful, dude. Well, you know this this Stamets. I kind of feel about him as uh, Kyle feels about Tilly at this point. <laughs> like he kind of irritated me. Hey, Tilly is coming into her own, man. Leave her out of this conversation. No, I, I'm okay with Tilly. <laughs> and but Tilly still, Stamets is kind of like Kyle's Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> Tilly's still very, very annoying. But, yeah. but you know, I feel like she she grew a little bit in this episode. So yeah. it's good to see her grow. Yeah, I mean, we get to the end where um, she basically tells Burnham, you know, Burnham having been through uh, what we'll talk about in a second, seeing the decision that Sarek made, she kind of just tells um, Tilly to, you know, forge your own path. You know, it's 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 your your decision to make how you actually uh, perform this quest to become um, Starfleet captain, which I thought was really cool. And again, I know I, I I hate to keep bringing this up, but where what's the logic in making Michael Burnham think that she was a failure and that she didn't make it in? Like that wasn't a logical decision at all. He just didn't want her to hate him. Well, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Well, they actually mentioned that it was uh, the logic. It was a logical decision because Spock was he he part he, oh, Vulcan. He yeah. was actually part Vulcan, and he'll fit in better. An expeditionary. Well, I mean, team. he he he, get, he had a decision. Who, whatever guy he was speaking to, that was over the um the committee or the the um, group they were trying to get into. He basically says, you know, and I feel like he erred on the side of these um Vulcan extremists. Where and maybe what looks extreme at this point in the story, you know, a few years ago was more common thought. I don't know if that makes any sense. But even the the leader over this council that he, they were trying to get into, he was like, you know, it's only room enough for one human. You know, we don't want two. And um, uh, Sarah kind of says, you know, well, well, Spock is half human. You know, he's he's Vulcan. He, I guess Sarah considered him as Vulcan. He didn't even think about the human side. But uh, he's like, nah, we can only have one. And of, of course, the father makes the decision for his bi- biological son to actually get in there. And, you know. I don't really see a reason he would tell her that because I don't, at that point she's not in, 
what what are you going to tell her to make her feel better? You know, I don't I don't think that'll really make her feel better because she's not in there. Um, what do you got? I mean, I, am I totally off base on that? Uh, again, taking emotion out of it wouldn't it be logical to for her to know that you know she wasn't a fail. Like she wouldn't uh, yeah. go think go around thinking that she failed at something that she was actually good at. Like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do agree that, with you on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like, I, like that's the thing. Like, logic just depends on your position. There is no overarching, over, overarching greater good here. But, but, I mean, but, but it's. I, but that's what makes that's what makes Sarah different than most Vulcans. See, at times his emotion does he does make decisions based on emotion. But, but let me. Yeah, and the guy even called it out too. You're right. Yeah. Well, but let me get you guys to look at this from a, a slightly different view. You know, we kind of established that Burnham has been with the the uh, Sarek family for longer than we've initially thought. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point he's looking at her as a kid. And if you have two kids, say we have a step a stepdaughter and your real daughter, you know, you might love them. You're probably going to love them both the same if they've been with you for, you know, a, a long time. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to tell your child that you chose one over the other. You know, that that would deeply hurt. You know, that's how I feel about the situation. Yeah, but if you're truly Vulcan, then it wouldn't matter. <laughs> OK, point so, taken. which is which is to Carrie's point. This if is a was, black hole, man. Yeah. If he was truly Vulcan. You can't pick kids, dude. <laughs> but I do get where you're going, Clarence, because I, I mean, and I think I think that was a perfect setup because Sarek is probably yeah. the only Vulcan that would have had trouble with that decision. Yeah, she. He. Yeah, I think it was he didn't tell her because he didn't want her to resent him, and she. He definitely didn't want her to resent Spock. So I mean, it make it makes sense, but yeah. I'm just like I don't know if that's an emotional decision or a logical decision, but I guess it could be a little bit of both. And you know, we see that at first, you know, maybe Sarek was good with this decision, in and the reason that he's having this flashback or this emotional tie to this decision, you know, on down the line is that we found out that Spock <laughs> went and signed up for Starfleet instead of actually going to this committee, <laughs> which, which man, it has to hurt. <laughs> yeah. That's looks. Yeah. So it was, it was more of less, you know, disappointed, dis- being him be disappointed that Burnham didn't make it and probably more, that disappointing himself. Yeah, he gave up her opportunity for his son, and then his son just said, "Whatever, I got my own thing." And, <laughs> and, and, and even with that, there's a couple different ways to look at it because you can look at it from the fact that he regrets that he didn't allow Michael to go to the expeditionary, or whatever. But for me, I feel like he regrets the fact that he let his decision be driven by emotion. And that, you know, this is probably the, the most emotional decision he's ever made. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it came back to bite him in the butt, basically. Man, Discovery mm. pulling the heartstrings, man. I felt this episode, man. I felt it. it was, I loved it. And it was so one of those things where, so so how old is Spock in relation to Michael? Are they about the same age? Is she? Is he younger? He's like, younger. He, yeah. And they mentioned it in the episode. I don't remember what he said. The only reason I was asking is because, like, that wasn't that long ago, and now Sp- Spock's in Starfleet. So, I mean, it was probably what a couple of years, four or five years, maybe. 
it, it, there has it hasn't been that long of a, well we know it's, yeah. she was with George Giles George 7 years i think 6 or 7 okay so it's been at least that long and him being behind her uh you know we don't know how many years he was behind her but you know he he's maybe like fresh in starfleet now so maybe he's just now feeling these i'm not going to say emotions uh <laughs> well but, i mean that that's like if you like it depends cuz like my thing is he had to have known who was more fit for that job. Like, you but, know, but who's to say Spock wasn't more fit for that? Well, job? that's what, that's where I say he actually mentioned in the episode somewhere that Spock wasn't old enough to make the decision yet, or he wasn't old enough to sign up for the, Oh yeah. Like the, the other Vulcan he's talking to mentions that he's like, right. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But my thing is like, he's, he's obviously close to the age where he can join Starfleet he should know, like, I just feel like if he's as, you know, if they're as logical as they are supposed to be, he should have known whether or not his son, not the decision he was going to make, but he could have framed it like Spock was more suitable for the position, and that's why I picked him. Yeah. But, like, I don't think it was a logical but, decision at all. But, oh, man, it's so many factors in this. You know, uh, that's why I love it so much. You have Burnham over here trying to pursue the life of a Vulcan in every aspect, you know, purging her emotions, which we talk, she talks about briefly with Ash at the end of the episode. But on the other side, you have this son over here that's part human, part Vulcan. So he has those things battling each other inside of him. And, you know, to me, it's more, it's not as clear cut for him. It, to me, it's more of a tug of war. Because, you know, whereas Burnham has been adopted into this culture fully, you have these two sides for Spock, which that are warring inside of him. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and and I feel like I feel like she was there so long that because, I mean, she even seven years later, she's still trying to get in touch with her emotional side. Because, yeah. you know, at the end when she's talking to what's his name, your boy. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Stan. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Not she, she, she come out of Ash. Yeah, Ash. Like at the end when he's talking, when she's talking to him, like she's still not fully in control, or, or not necessarily in control, but she's not fully in touch with her emotions. Yeah. There's so many like human emotions that are foreign to her because she grew up on Vulcan. Like yeah. I feel like when she met Giorgio, she wasn't like pretending like that was her life. Yeah. Well, right. well, it's sort of like when you have you take a kid off the street that that you know was in dire straits he's probably going to be more grateful than the kid that's lived in the mansion his whole life you know so yeah it's i just love the dynamic there you know and do we we think spock's gonna show up at some point they they mention him an awful lot well the director said you will not see spock in this series oh he did really yeah really he said you will not see spock and you will not see romulans So, I mean, we get to the point where I guess, you know, eventually she breaks through the Sarek. Sarek is rescued. And in the um, infirmary, we see where she calls him father. And we also find out, I guess this is where the title, Lethe, the title episode comes from. He doesn't remember. Lethe. Lethe. Oh, God. (laughs) I'll just call it Lefty. How about that? (laughs) But but we see where... um, yeah, apparently he doesn't remember, um, or at least he says he doesn't remember what's what what transpired in in those uh in that mind flashback thingy. Ah, oh, of um, course he remembers. Yeah, I took it as he remembered, and he just didn't want to admit it. There's He's no logical trying. reason to discuss right. this. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little uh, confused. That's a that very, part. very human discussion to me. Like, why why didn't you make this decision? Like, from his aspect, he feels like he probably feels like he doesn't have to explain himself. But, you know, her human side is like, you should be able to tell me why you did this. It pretty much changed the course of my entire life. And yeah. just hearing that is making me emotional. So I can get why he didn't want to tell her. Right. So yeah, that that was awesome. I I loved all the the Sarek Burnham stuff. Great. Um, on to again. I guess I just want to quickly touch on um Admiral Karen, whatever her last name is. I can never remember. But um, was there any doubt that she was going straight into an ambush ever? <laughs> no, man. no, there wasn't. Like he he like he set her up. Like he he like she, they basically tossed him a softball. <laughs> say, say, like he basically tossed himself a softball when they saved um Sarek because it's like she's gonna rat me out. Yeah, maybe she should go. And then the thing that kills me is she gets captured, and he's like, "I think we need to contact Starfleet oh, to see what we need." To do. Yes, 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 yes. My boy Saru has gotten used to the renegade fashion of Captain Lorca. Oh. We're going right. to go in their guns and blazing. Saru actually thinks he's changed. Like, that's the funny part about it. <laughs> Saru's like, what? Okay. <laughs> Call Starfleet. I just want to, let's make sure she's dead. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, I can't yeah, give a look it wasn't a good that, look. Man. That's so treacherous, man, and trifling. Oh, my God. Yes. But, I mean, in his defense, if somebody was going to take your ship away from you, wouldn't you do everything you could to keep your position I don't I know mean, if I that, like he basically be... has like you know well, nobody to answer to, especially if you have the most advanced ship in the fleet. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. He's a little kooky. Hey, but I got bit. a question. So a couple of things stood out to me. No, I don't sleep with a phaser. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if I had one, I probably would. <laughs> um, number one, why? It just struck me as weird that he Lorca was all of a sudden on board with his go rescue Sarah trip. I don't I just I didn't see that out of him. Uh, but, I feel like he just he's just trying to win Michael over. And he basically says as much at the end. Like it wasn't even about Sarah. It was about getting making Michael putting her in a position to where she had more faith in him. Right. Because like I, I feel, you know, like it's kind of like on Mass Effect. Like I don't know if you ever played Mass Effect, but like toward the end, like all these characters have loyalty missions. They're like, Captain, um, you know, the Krogans are about to all be extinct or something, and you have a choice to go help them or to go not. And if you do, they become more loyal to you. Like I don't feel like that was any more complex than that. He he was just trying to garner some loyalty from his crew. Yeah. So which brings me to my next thing, because you to even further your point, Carrie. When they were on the shuttle, he tells Ash to make sure <laughs> bring you her get back. back. Yeah, in one piece. I don't remember the exact words, but he's like, "If you don't have her, don't come back." <laughs> right, basically. And then he's like, "It won't be a scratch on it." He said, "Not the ship, her." Yeah, that was that was awesome. Awesome plan. So now, words. so what's so important about her now? Do we have an idea? No. Well, she's um, incredibly talented, um, but what? else do you think there's some underlying secret somebody because he sees like he tries to act like he doesn't see michael the way that she says that he sees him in the second episode i think it was the second episode where she pretty much lays it out to why he wants her on the ship 
But and he tries to make this whole argument that that's not why he wants her there. Yeah. I feel like that's really why he wants her there because she's somebody after his own heart, you know, like that's willing to do anything to achieve victory to, you know, from a certain angle anyway. And, you know, this is kind of big picture here. I think he's actually grooming her to maybe take his place. Like, yeah, eventually. Yeah. And hmm. let's, let's make no mistake. She is extremely exceptional, exceptionally talented. Um, You know, she's, before her uh, mutiny, I guess, uh, she was uh, at the top of what I considered up and rising Starfleet people. Yeah, she's you know? more qualified for Saru's job than he is, and he knows it. And that's one reason I think why he's so intimidated by her is of that course. he knows he knows how brilliant she is. Yeah. And he, yeah, he even says that. Well, I think I missed that episode where he's like, you took all this away from me because... I was supposed to be the second in command and learn under Georgia and all of So like, yeah, it's, it's, she's just, she should be a captain right now. Probably. Honestly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, she would have been, if it hadn't been for the mutiny. And Georgia said as much in her, um, uh, last will and Testament. Yeah. And she said it in the opening sequence of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. But still, I just, he has grand plans for her, man. Like it's he's not just wanting her to, to like you know, I mean, just think about like how far she's come in these couple episodes. Like she's gone from being in prison to being uh, a helper to being like on the science deck and now she's on the bridge again, like in yeah. the course of what, three or four episodes. So like he definitely has plans for her. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm getting a vibe like he knows her from the past. Like maybe hmm. he knew her parents or something. That's interesting. That's interesting. possibly. I didn't even think about that. But I mean, I would also look to to, to the, the the dude he met in in the Klingon cell, Ash. That he brought him up pretty quickly after only knowing him. You know what seemed like not that long. So maybe that's just his mo to bring you know people who we see something in inherently up the ranks fast and put them close to in his in his close circle you know hmm. yeah possibility very possible Lorca is a confusing listen in the first couple of <laughs> after they after Giorgio was killed we all said we hope that the discovery captain was written in very well and i think they've succeeded in that yeah yeah there's just so, so many layers to this dude you, you know you re- it's really hard to pin him down yeah, it I mean, would have took something very spectacular to replace Giorgio, and I think they kind of figured out how to do that. Which, I mean, hats off to them for not going with the status quo on this. Right. You know, they could have very easily made him the 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 captain we've seen of old, but you know, they they've like you said, they've put some depth around him, which makes some you know, even if you're not on board with what he's doing, he's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that makes him a great character is that there you don't you're not really you don't really feel lukewarm about him. Like, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> like he does stuff to make to like really, really make you mad. And then he does some stuff that's kind of cool, but you're never really just like kind of indifferent about him, you know. And you see, I hadn't even been mad with him. I, you know, he's done things that was not right. And I know they're not right, but I was kind of OK with it. And the way they wrote him in, I don't know. Like, I want if it had been any other captain, I'd have been pissed. <laughs> yeah, to see Picard send some um, admiral to her death, you know, it just would have been like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like when I found out Bill Cosby done all that stuff he did. It was just like, what? 
what? But yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> with this guy, it just seems like it's totally within his MO. Right. What do we think about Cole, the Klingon, on this mission to apparently give cloaking technology to different houses? Because to me, that can present some major problems with Starfleet. Hmm. Because he kind of well, promises, been- he promises that family or the house that he uh, switches places with. Well, that actually goes into switch places with the people that Sarek was supposed to be meeting with. He like promises that house uh, cloaking technology, and you know a, a, a fleet full of cloaked ships does not hold well for for uh, Lorca and friends. He's the Klingon Lorca, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we know that Klingons get cloaking technology at some point, so I mean, it's coming. It's yeah. just how we're going to defend against it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it. Uh, Okay, here here's a point. Here's how are they how do they know about this mission? How do how well, Cole and friends? Yeah. Well, word travels, I guess. Um of course it's supposed to be streaky, uh, secret, but the the Vulcan extremists found out about it. So I I don't know, word travels maybe? Yeah, who who's to say it was secret and clean? They might have all known about it and it was a big trap, you know. Well, mm-hmm. obviously it was. <laughs> So, yeah, who knows? Mm. I mean, they just keep popping up here and taking people <laughs> just out of nowhere. And <laughs> just there's no warning. And, like, it has to be an informant somewhere. And I I would say it has to be on Discovery. Um, interesting. Interesting. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Did anybody from – well, nobody from Discovery really knew about this mission that Sarek was on, I don't think. The doctor knew. Well, no, 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 no. That's after the fact. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew. Um, yeah, true story. Yeah. True so, story. but I mean, that being said, it could be someone in Starfleet that's you know passing information. I don't know. The thing I love, I don't know where they're going with this. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Well, actually, nobody <laughs> could have known. They could have because they found out what Sarek was doing when they went to rescue him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody could have tipped off the cleanups then. Well, I guess that that Starfleet Admiral was it. Um, what was the good guy's name? The the Black Vulcan guy. He, I guess, he knew about it. Terrell, I think. Yeah, his name. he knew about it. Yeah. Hmm. Getting deep. No, yeah. Oh man. And well, any any final thoughts on on this episode, guys? Any parting words on the episode? I'll just uh, say I, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Well, no, I was just gonna say I like the fact of. You know, we you touched on this a little bit earlier when Michael talks to Sarek in sickbay and she comes back to Tilly and she tell her just be herself. Yeah. I just I kind of got the feeling like because of the interaction with Sarek, she's kind of pushed her to accept more of her human side. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt the same thing as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I, met, I think I think Sarek kind of understood that and probably the reason why he didn't want to talk anymore about it yeah i mean go ahead sir i was just gonna say like even with the seric thing i'm still thinking about it because there's so many layers to this i mean like it, it logically like this just kind of popped in my head logically he could have seen that she would be much more effective as you know a, an officer or or whatever at you know embracing her human side and not just being a a, oh, a, so vic- a prisoner of logic like that could have right. been his reason you know he you know he never said why 
You know, other right. than, all she knows is that he picked Spock instead. And, you know, maybe the way things not only the way things played out with Spock, but also the way things played out with uh, Captain Giorgio and all of that. You yeah. know, he like all that could have played into his regrets as well. I mean, there's just so many different ways to look at that. And I, I feel like that's one of the marks of this show is that. There's like not just one way to look at all this stuff, which it really sucks that a lot of people aren't. Well, I'm not going to say a lot of people. Some Star Trek purists are just writing the show off because I feel like there's been more character depth and more character development than most of all the Star Trek shows that I've seen. I mean, I don't really see and it might just be because of the standalone nature and self-contained nature of the episodes. You don't really get to see any progressive growth, at least from my position i don't i haven't really seen any of that in other stars like nobody's significantly different at the end of voyager than they were at the beginning well, are they yeah yeah and and, yeah. and, 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 and to be honest it's a lot of character growth well, yeah. well like, seven or nine yeah, yeah. Okay. well i mean to be honest Maybe those, those are often my favorite characters on those series i mean I've mentioned this before. You said seven and nine. I would say the doctor. I mean, oh, I, would yeah, say, doctor I would say too. Data. Yeah, you're right. I stand corrected. I would say Odo. You know, you definitely have those characters who are, you know, vastly different from by the end of, you know, seven seasons, though. Data. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I guess the timing there is is a lot different than, than what you see or seeing here already. So, well, yeah, okay. I mean, it's usually a slower burn, though. Like these these characters have already changed a lot, and it's what seven episodes in. Yeah, man, man, yeah, yeah, agreed, <laughs> agreed. I mean, I'm just thinking the way Saru has changed so much, and it's not so much the the change in the way he acts, but everything around him has forced him to be more. You know, he was already not willing to accept a lot of things, being you know extra afraid with his old ganglia thing. But, but, you know, <laughs> having this experience with Burnham has made him even more reluctant to do certain things. And I mean, like you said, yeah. in, in this, in this short time, we've seen so much growth and I'm loving Ooh. it, man. Even, yeah. Even with Saru, like in the growth, I can't remember exactly what episode was. I know it was the one that I missed, but when the captain gets captured, choose your yeah. pain was the last one, right? Wasn't that the last one? Yes. Choose your yes. pain. So like at the beginning of the episode, he's like all cocky and like all, um, all full of himself, feeling himself. He's like, um, computer, like constantly judge my performance and blah, 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 blah. And then by the end of the episode, when the computer's ready to like give him his grade, he's like, don't even bother. I know I sucked. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's even, even like from beginning of the episode to end of the episode, you see a lot of changes in, in people. And it's, it's just really cool that, you know, they're going in a different direction. I love it. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I think we've exhausted this one. It's been a ton <laughs> of fun, a ton of fun. So let's go around the horn. Um, what you guys working on? Anything? If not anything you're working on, anything that you want to plug? Um, party gift, music, movie, anything? Um, I'll just say, uh, stay tuned for my new gaming group community site oh, yeah. thing. Cause we're doing this thing. Well, we've only done it once, but I was calling it Steamy Grits. Just a bunch of friends getting together, play video games, and um, I've come up with a name for it. It's going to be called the Game Players Union, the GP Union for short. Oh, that's Get awesome. GPU, video game, that's, yeah, that's video card, game. whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, what I'm hoping to do is to set up a some surveys and some like a calendar schedule so people can go there and know when we're going to play games and suggest should suggest games, sign up, 
And then, I mean, there's no there's no bigger uh, overarching idea here. It's just about getting people together to play video games because I know everybody has vastly different schedules, and it would be you know good to have something organized that you know solid on the calendar that everybody can kind of plan or plan around. So I'm I'm really excited about getting that going. Well, I'll hopefully have a website up in the next week for it. So stay tuned for that. Awesome sauce! Awesome sauce! Oh, cool, cool. Anything, John? Um, nothing, nothing, nothing I can think of. I'm watching Blacklist, which is nothing close to sci-fi, but it's like <laughs> right up there with Boston Legal and Star Trek with me. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, if you hadn't seen, if you hadn't watched the Blacklist, I suggest watching that. Is that with the Spader guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Have to That's check that out. I watched, I watched the first few seasons. Of that man this is actually a really good show. Does he spank anybody in it? I'm sorry, I went there. (laughs) (laughs) I love the guy. He's an awesome actor. I just miss seeing him and William Shatner on the balcony at night with their cigars. (laughs) Man, it was the coolest part of that show. We just finished it uh, that uh, series the last season, and it heartbreaking just as it was the first two times I watched it. Oh, and then man. again, you get all of the Star Trek actors in in and out of their shows. Made it even more awesome. So <laughs> cool. Well, guys, as always, you can check me out on my Doctor Who slash comic book podcast called Discussing Who. Uh, check it out over at discussingwho.com and Carrie and myself on our other tech podcast called Techpedition. And you can find that out at techpedition.com. Uh, we had a pretty good episode uh, in the last one. What is it, a couple days ago? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. So you should definitely check that out. We have fun shooting the breeze and talking a little tech. What's, what's, what's wrong with that? That's plenty of fun. Join us. So, guys, we're um, SCD underscore podcast on Twitter, SCD podcast on Instagram, as well as Facebook. You should check us out there. And also subscribe if you haven't and just go to our website and check out the few things we have there where you can see uh, how to subscribe as well as, you know, catch up on any episode that you may have missed. And um, yeah, guys, uh, I think that's a wrap. Oh, yeah. The next episode, uh, the next episode name is one I can actually say uh, <laughs> magic <laughs> to make the sanest man go mad and i saw the preview and it looks fantastic seems like it's going to be my kind of episode so that's going to be a ton of fun and yeah guys i think we're done here so live long and prosper for listening to the STD podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.
listen, the ship is in danger. We have been caught in a 30-minute time loop. And every second that you doubt me brings us all closer to death. Intruder alert. Shots fired. Want him locked down. Drive overload critical. Wait! Go, go, go! Make yourselves at home. I have.